when I was a little kid, I used to have crazy dreams because, uh, well, do you remember that, uh, you remember Nestle's Quick? You know, the powder, you put it in your milk, and you'd stir it for like 30 minutes, and no matter how hard you fucking, there was still chunks of powdery magma that would float up and explode in your eye while you're trying to drink. Take a sip. Oh, goddamn, sand missile just blew up in my eye. The movie Dune is in my chocolatey drink. I don't like when the movie Dune is in my drink. All right, welcome back, analysis listeners. Want to welcome back into the podcast our sci-fi nerd, Jordan Idaho Harris, who was probably huffing in the movie Dune like Chalamet was huffing in that spice melange. Yeah, that's right. Got a good, uh, got a good whiff of some spice melange. Spice melange. Yeah, but it's good to be back on the pod, man. Yeah, man, it's it's been a while. You've got all your ZenCaster updates that are just blowing your mind like a. Denis Villeneuve scenic desert landscape. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, it shows me the last ones and it gives me the date. So the last time we potted, it was uh, it was January of this year. So okay, got yeah. another one in right before the end of the year. There, yeah, <laughs> so, I know it's good. Well, you know, we back, yeah, we made it through the uh, the COVID lull. There was uh, there's not you know not a lot going on. You did good with the pod, man. You kept it interesting. Had a lot of good guests on, but. It's nice that movies are are back. Yeah, and there's lots to yeah. see. That'll definitely be one of our themes here. And and you're a big hardcore sci-fi guy. I know Denis Villeneuve is one of your favorite directors. A guy who has always been really interesting because he does these blockbusters with almost like a indie movie or art house kind of spin on it. So he's got stuff like Arrival and Blade Runner and Dune and well, Sicario is not necessarily fitting in, in, in this box that we're talking about with sci-fi, at least. But yeah, it's kind of these big blockbuster stuff, but but with an artistic feel. It's a little yeah. more educated. It's a little more nuanced. How did you feel about this movie? Well, to your point, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger with him, right? So a lot of his early movies were, you know, of course, smaller budget and uh, every time he sort of proves himself and has come out with something good, the next one seems to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's that's what was exciting about Dune. I don't I don't know anything about Dune. I know I'm the the sci-fi guy, but I I haven't read the books. I haven't seen the old movies. I didn't know. Do you know what I know about, about Dune? It. South Park parody it, <laughs> and the spice melange was Tom Brady's poop. And I didn't. And everyone was. I didn't it was even the secret of eternal life. I just didn't even know Brady's. that was a Dune parody until after I saw Dune, and I was like, "Oh, the melange, like South Park." Yeah, <laughs> which is such a great <laughs> that people are trying to find this this eternal resource, and it happens to be within Tom Brady's poop, and Tom Brady's protecting it, yeah, like like he's the Freeman. But yeah, so so yeah, two guys with with little to no reference level. Going to see, you're basically going on the strength of the production crew, meaning Denny Villeneuve and Hans Zimmer, and, and just what those guys bring in terms of credibility. And then you've got this all-star cast, right? And it's all loaded. Did you think that the movie worked for you? I mean, t- take me through how you felt about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to like reserve a full take until we get to see the, the, the complete vision from Denny Villeneuve, because... 
Yeah, I mean, I'll admit it's it was a two and a half hour movie, which was just like just laying groundwork, man, just backstory. And I actually I thought it was I, I made a comment to my wife at the end of the movie. It's like, man, there's a lot of detail in there, which I actually, you know, I really enjoyed that. But like, I think some movies would do in their credits what he just spent two and a half hours doing where you get this like flash of different characters. And it's like, oh, there's this person, you know, in this case, the girl that. Uh, he's having visions of and it's like they would just speed through all this stuff and he really took the time to immerse you in the world which uh is i really appreciate and it complements the style of the movie that you were describing so well because it is a really immersive experience so while i enjoyed it while i liked the movie i you know as a as an individual film i can't say that it was like the most compelling thing i ever saw because it was really just the the precursor to something bigger and um so i you know i don't want to you know kill it for that because i i I, it's it looks like he's going to get a crack at finishing this thing and it could be really exciting to see that the total six hours or whatever it ends up being um but yeah i mean it's just an amazing world to be uh, immersed in well i'm hearing you talk about world building and exposition and that was basically the big note for me on this is like a lot of fantasy movies or futuristic sci-fi it requires a large amount of exposition to set up the rules of the universe and to spend time just learning who these different tribes are and the language and okay the mom's got some sort of like jedi background and there's this prophecy and they can control minds with ancient mind control voodoo speak and so you've got to you've got to take a lot of scenes early on to set that up and what gets sacrificed in that place is just getting connected to the characters outside of just the rules of the movie, right? And so you kind of lose some of that characterization, just understanding the world in which they're in. And so I think I can I can label this by saying, and we've talked on this podcast a lot, Jordan, about the, these movies aren't necessarily my bag. Like I'm more of definitely more of a, a character study, a humanity study person rather than a world building or fantasy type guy. I I thought there were certain parts about this that really worked just on the merit and skill of the director, like the cinematography, everybody's been talking about it, but it, it is incredible what this guy is able to do in terms of just building a world, painting a picture for you. And, and, and some of the shots from the cinematography honestly look like artistic paintings. They're just really, really cool. And it's definitely borrowing from Lawrence of Arabia, which is a movie that I just watched on the AFI Top 100 for the first time. But you can see elements of that. It's definitely has like a lot of Star Wars. I learned later through interviews with Denis Villeneuve that I was watching that actually Lucas was inspired by Dune in a lot of ways. And so actually you think that it's ripping off Star Wars, but Star Wars was actually ripping off Dune in a lot of its motivation and inspiration yeah in but, a lot I of ways this, i, I didn't yeah. actually realize how much star wars borrowed from dune it's well there's crazy. a whole prophecy thing there's yeah there's a, apparently later dune does a whole like you didn't know it was your daddy but this this person actually is your daddy the voice like and the force are the, basically the same thing yeah well even the the, the his mother is that that's the jedi force right yeah that that kind of 
all of what they're doing there in this this prophecy like it's it's very star warsy and you're like oh this is ripping off star wars but you actually find out that it was george lucas that was inspired by dune which is yeah. kind of funny but i thought the attack scenes were really cool and i thought that the sound was really cool and apparently in the first one which neither one of me or you have watched but apparently in the first one a lot of the color that you got from the character's motivations or what they were feeling was done by voiceovers and the director in this one said, I don't want to do voiceovers. I want the sound to communicate to the audience how the actor is feeling in this particular moment. I don't want to just have a cheesy voiceover rolling over the top of half this movie. So I thought that was an interesting choice. And this is a Hans Zimmer. It's just, just like certain projects come up and you're like, oh, Hans Zimmer has to do that movie. And I thought that the sound really rocked in this. The stuff that I didn't connect with was really after the big battle with the Harkonnens and they, they do that attack and Leto gets the, the poison dart and he's immobilized and, and kind of right after the poison breath, the whole movie just slows down. And you start and it kind of hooks you in the first 45 minutes of just the scope and the world building and it's got this really cool kind of driving energy. And like once they kind of get into that plane crash and they land and it's kind of roaming through the desert Lawrence of Arabia style, the movie gets really small and really dull. And some of the things that really work with like Star Wars is like Star Wars or like the Matrix or some of these sci-fi fantasies, yes, they're complicated, but they're a lot more accessible to just common people that aren't sci-fi nerds. This movie is not very accessible to those people. It's it's really hard to to keep up with. It gets really political. There's a lot of political jargon that goes on that I didn't really like. And also it just kind of slows down. Like act two and three just kind of end with a thud setting up the next movie. Yeah, I guess when I was watching it, I didn't feel that. I mean, I didn't feel... Uh, like a, a slowdown like you're describing i didn't think it ever really got up that high in the first place right so i did think it was kind of meandering <laughs> you didn't think that that attack scene where they're they're coming in and, and all those characters are getting taken out like you didn't think that was kind of cool no i thought it, I, I did i thought it was like visually really okay. appealing and like you know, this is kind of one of the I, you know sad things about getting older too is like it's almost like can it's, it's so much harder just to enjoy things right like your because we've expectations seen are so high and like as as impressive as this movie was like i started to feel like i don't know that they're gonna put something on screen again that's gonna truly blow my mind like something like star wars really did for people back before we had such a heightened level of special effects where you can do just anything and everything is a big budget uh uh, special effects movie now so even though this one i think looked particularly beautiful like i didn't find and those scenes were cool. I didn't find it to be enough to just really suck me into it, which it maybe when I was like 16, I would have just like eaten the stuff up and thought it was so much fun. Um, and so I no, hear I mean, you. like, I didn't think it really got slow, but I, I, did you see this in the theaters? No. Did you? So no, I didn't. Which, so, okay. So we both missed because it is definitely a theatrical experience. Just like the Hans Zimmer score. Somewhat, like, I think if you saw it on a huge screen, that, that, worm coming up out of the sand and taking down that vice melange machine i think that would have been pretty impressive on a big screen not saying that it wasn't impressive on my tv but it, it's just a cinematic experience that moment 
Yeah, I, I did find myself wishing that I would have seen it in the theater, even though there was advantages to seeing it at home because the story is so complex. You and can go back. Political. And yeah, I was actually pausing it and talking to Chrissy and saying like, okay, so, and we would go through it and I found that really helpful and I rewound a couple of times. So I do think it allowed me to, you know, it wasn't like fully rewatching the movie, but it was rewatching it enough to like fill in the gaps of some things that I might have otherwise missed. So that part was really nice. I so so to me the bones of the story is what slows it down not necessarily just with the cinematography and cinematically what's happening and, and let me let me give you an example and not to to correct direct comparison with Star Wars and I can't believe I'm actually taking Star Wars' side on this so just watch out for Colin Shay's load coming sleeping through the door here <laughs> but just so in Star Wars you meet the characters you hang out on their planet for a little bit you meet the threat it builds to this big air battle and then the enemy is neutralized and kind of a grand finale and that's setting up another couple parts but like the actual bones of the story are meet the characters meet the threat go out big big battle at the end of neutralizing the enemy in dune you meet the characters you meet the threat you move to a planet you stay there the entire time Everyone dies in the first act, pretty much. Then everything slows down. There's a weird hand-to-hand combat fight with some character that you've never met and don't really care about that's neutralized almost instantly. And then you meet 15 new characters in the last 10 minutes of the movie. Like, that's the structure of the plot here. And it feels like you almost have a first act, second act, third act that's setting up another second act and another third act. So it, it doesn't feel like a complete movie in the sense that setting up a... Like, like the story doesn't feel completed at all, and it kind of just leaves you wondering. And I also think that's really interesting because it, it this, there's no part two that's guaranteed. Like, they need to make sure that this one is successful, that the audience hooks into this, and that the, it turns a profit so that they can afford another one and I think that's also just something interesting to consider is that despite that this is a critically acclaimed director, this is a big blockbuster movie, they still don't have they still don't have confidence that this franchise is going to take off enough to complete the series. So they had to just kind of make part one and hope for the best, which I think is just well, it, just speaks to the time we're in right now with movies in Hollywood. Yeah. And Villeneuve seemed to know that because it's even right there in the opening credits, right? It's like part one. Yeah. It's almost I'll like he's saying shot. like, don't, well, almost like, you know, bear with me here. This is just part one. There's going to be more like almost setting expectations because yeah, from the first visions of the movie where you start seeing the visions of, Uh, Zendaya and you know pretty quickly that she's one of the locals from the planet you know that they're going to meet up at the end of the film and it's just a matter of getting there which you know a lot of movies you know essentially how it's going to go and it's in the execution of how you get there and the ride along the way that makes it fun and yeah to your point like something like Star Wars is always injecting an element of fun into it and Dune is very serious right there was not there was not something there's not something light there to to uh, move things along faster, to lighten the move, to add a laugh or anything like that. That's not happening. This is going to be a very serious franchise. My direct comparison was actually to Lord of the Rings. In okay. the first Lord of the Rings movie, where at the end of that movie, even though you knew it was going to be a trilogy, at the end of that movie, it ended. And I was like, damn, it ended. I wanted more, and I can't wait for the next one. This one felt more like, all right, 
I get it. I know what's going on. Let's see what happens now. Hopefully we can kick it up to the next level. Yeah, you're kind of like, all right, the table's set, and I guess I'm interested enough. I See, I, I don't know if I'd be interested. I even thought about, before we hopped on the sticks today, going back and rewatching. And just to, just to get a more color. And I was like, I don't feel like I want to go back and hang in that world right now. <laughs> and it is very yeah, weighty. I mean, and it's yeah. hard. I think it's going to be hard for non-sci-fi nerds or non, non-Dune non fans. Because I know there's a cult out there that the Dune people, I'm sure they're sucking this up like Spice Melange. And I know there's film nerds that just are Villeneuve fans, like, like me and you. We're going to go see it. But the casual fan, like my girlfriend and, and your wife, I don't know if they're they're hanging in and want to come back for more. Like, I really don't think that's going to happen. I mean, my, my anecdote there is with Chrissy where she was the one when I like noticed her looking at her phone during the movie and I was like, Oh, you you know, you're losing interest. And she goes, I just know where this is going. And like, there's going to be a bunch of stuff in between is how like, okay. she viewed it. Yeah. So yeah, as a casual fan, but I, I do think for the franchise that the timing in this world of, cinema on this time of cinema is good because whether you're talking superhero movies or marvel movies you're always setting some kind of yeah, stage always, of characters yeah, it's always that serialization you're and yeah. so i mean it does fit in better now than it probably did in 1985 or whenever the last time they tried to make it so maybe there's more interest from the, the general population i think it's making good money right I, I, like worldwide so I think he's going to get a second shot at it. He'll probably get a second shot, I believe. And there's going to be enough people that are trying to will this thing to be successful and get it over the goal line. And I have heard just through social media and in different movie fans that I connect with that people are really enjoying it. So it feels like just the word of mouth, I think, will pull this over the goal line and, and bring enough. But it's a $165 million budget. Like, that's not... That's not yeah. small. So it's going to be it needs to it needs to really turn out to inspire a second one. I, I think it'll happen. I think that that'll happen. And, and and I will give it that like the plot itself is clear. Like there's obviously this Paul discovering what may or may not be his destiny. There's this colonial resource mining metaphor honestly a, a little bit kind of like avatar where you've got this it's colonial... a, I, clearly avatar just ripped that off directly right i already <laughs> i already so hated unobtainium and then when i realized it was a complete ripoff it just makes me hate it even more yeah and then you've got this kind of chosen one matrix neo almost like the luke skywalker type of messiah story so like that, that that's very clear and i and i do think if you focus enough, you can you can see what's happening with the emperor, and then with the two houses, and kind of kind of the, the backstab. I was a little unclear on why the emperor was teaming up with uh, the Harkonnens to to take uh, out this other to, uh, to take and, out yeah Jared or um, Timothy Chalamet. The, yeah, along and, with the 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 eternal mother yeah Yeah. like why were they teaming they were they were rising and and growing with too much power so he wanted to neutralize their power so he grants them this opportunity to go run the spice melange and also knows that the harkonnen are going to come in and there's going to be some sort of battle that happens and it'll neutralize that family and basically wipe them off the the universe That, that that's what my take was and all the while, you've got this kind of destiny, prophecy, dreams, f- f- 
fulfilling. And they even say at the front, they, there's some sort of line about like dreams are come from the deepest place or something. But like yeah. these dreams are going to prophesize this this rise. And the, the, the like eternal mother, whatever they or the reverend mother, whatever they call yeah, her. Yeah, Queen Jedi like, is what I was calling her. Yeah. yeah, she, for some reason, she just supports the Emperor. So she was like, yeah, I guess we're going to. And then, and then oh, you've I also know. got the, Stellan the Skarsgård. Yeah, like yeah, the giant floating fat guy, Jabba the Hutt. Well, he's he's kind of well, he's definitely Apocalypse Now. He's definitely Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. And then yeah, he's he's got this Jabba the Hutt type of feel as well. But he also floats around. He has like floating technology. So yeah, but yeah. I he definitely you see him stroking the top of his head, and you almost want to see Brando come on and be like, yeah, the horror of attacks on Arrakis, kind of thing. But all I'm saying is I'm not teaming up with that guy and his clan, right? Like I don't trust that guy. He was yeah, he he was not trustable. But the who knows these these emperors they're they're not good dudes, man. They're they're not they're 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 typically not good dudes. So you know he's gonna team up with the jerks. Yeah, I mean, so what do you think we're we're getting next, right? We don't know the stories, right? I'm sure there's people out there listening that read all the books and know where this is going. But, like, you talked about the politics and you talked about the inner workings and all the details. You know, comparing it now to Game of Thrones, something that ran for eight seasons, but I think we'll only acknowledge six of them mm-hmm. because those are the only ones that mattered, right? But, like, <laughs> that was a world that was very intricate and detailed and the politics of it were very compelling and interesting. I don't know that that fully works in a movie format, whether you get two. I mean, we're talking two movies, six hours, maybe, you know, yeah, it's going to be tops. My three. guess is that Timothy Chalamet's Paul is going to have some strife where he doesn't, he doubts his prophecy and doubts that he's the chosen one. Then something crazy is going to happen where he realizes he is the chosen one and he's going to have wild unprotected sex with Zendaya they're going to have children and go take out the Harkonnen and also whoever the fuck this emperor is. And I think you're going to get a lot of badass give, give dialogue from back. <laughs> badass dialogue from Javier Bardem, who came in. I was like, yes, bring him on. That dude rocks. Yeah. And then you don't see him until the last 10 minutes of the movie. You're like, okay. But you, you know, you're describing it like an action movie, which I think there's going to be a lot more action in the, the next movie and there was a decent amount in this one but i didn't feel like it was i, I guess i wouldn't call it an action movie no no not at all no and you know they, and... they've got to do the it, it's in it's bill new so he's trying to make it sophisticated like he's going to bring a grounded if you can use that word in a movie like dune sensibility to it and i think that 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 I hope that that kind of movie wins. That's why I'm torn because like, I'm not super compelled, but I also love the ambition of, no, we don't need to have really stupid movies be the only thing successful at the blockbuster. Like every now and again, a movie like Inception can win. Every now and again, a movie with more complex themes and more artistic approach like Dune can be successful at the box office. And that's, I'm hoping that it wins. I just, I'm not super compelled to the source material. I I certainly want to see how this plays out over watching the next iteration of the Marvel movie, which is just rehashing the same stuff at this point over and over again. Yeah. So so I would, I would take this any day over that right now. Um, But 
you know, I just, I think our expectations for Villeneuve is just so high, right? I think Arrival is just yeah. really a masterpiece of... That's the best sci-fi I've seen in the last 20-something years. And like, re- it's the best modern one. Yeah, and as the scale gets bigger, I just, I mean, it's a hero's quest story. It's, it's, I think it's really, again, I think this is, you know, old guy talking, but I think it gets difficult to make that story compelling and interesting when we've seen it so many times. So what what is this going to do differently? It's going to look amazing, but is it going to is it going to? Am I going to look back when this is all said and done and be like, "Fuck, that was awesome! That was amazing!" You know, I probably I don't not. know if I'm going to get there right now. Um, but I, I yeah, I mean, I do I I do want to go see it in the theater, actually, get that full yeah. experience. Okay. So um, I don't know. I feel like we're being a little harsh on it. Um, Probably. I, I just think you want to feel connected. I think for you to look back at the end and be like, wow, that was transcendent. That was amazing. I think the first two hours would need to grip you in a way that has you feel compelled. And so far, we're not there yet. We appreciate the merit of what they're trying to accomplish. We know that it is a tall ask with audiences the way they are today, with just how complicated this story seems to be in the books. They always say that it can't be made into a movie and yeah. it needs to be a miniseries, but you know, he's, he's given it a shot and he's got all the friggin' talent. Like this guy, like really you go for the directing, like I said, and, and you also got this great cast. I don't think they have a lot to do. I think a lot of the characters seem somewhat hollow, even characters that you kind of end up liking like Duncan Idaho. You're like, okay, but that's just a very like, bland block character he's just kind of there to tossle hair and say yeah get back inside kid go play with your toys i'm gonna rock it over here and yeah. it's like there's not like a lot of character there they're like josh brolin there's no real character happening the mom kind of but yeah like outside of chalamet you're not really getting anything from anybody and i think but like the, the actors have a the actors are there fully committed i was curious if chalamet was gonna you know kick some ass and how he was gonna look doing it and i think uh, you know he got his chance at the end, there was a few training scenes early on against that to... random homeless man. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you you killed a ram- random homeless man that that has an inferiority complex amongst his tribe. I, that was such a weird fight to end the movie on. Like, it, what a weird thing. And it, it was cool that his clan, all his people, were just like, "All right, well there goes that guy." I guess I, I guess <laughs> yeah, we're gonna carry his body across the desert now. Yeah, and this movie concludes with an arbitrary fight with a loser outcast yep. that just gets disposed of almost instantly. Like, oh, what a weird way to end a movie. I, I did, like, I, I was sort of surprised when it happened, but I thought it was cool after the fact that it wasn't like a 10-minute long, ridiculous action scene. Like, Chalamet just walked up, like, whooped his ass and killed him, and that was about it. Yeah. So I and it was more of it was more of the moral complex of just having to kill a yeah. man, which I I do like that sometimes it is complicated, especially if you've never killed someone before. Like they take a second to to talk about the complexities of that. Yeah. Clearly, in his visions, you see him later. He looks like a GI Joe, and he's got full golden body armor, and he's doing like double somersaults in the air, yeah, and murking out people. So more to come on the on the killing side, but yeah. that was just just a weird fight to end on i just i hope the suspense can can step it up because like i i never when they were on the the copter plane whatever that thing was and you know they were going dragonfly plane yeah meet their demise right and they had to use the the voice to to no that's the that's the that's the jedi but i just i never really felt in that moment like stressed or uh like in the moment with them it was just kind of like 
all right, so they're going to get out of here and then they're going to go meet up with the lady. You kind of just, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, you're 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 not really ever at the edge of your seat. The only time I, I was kind of had those feelings is when Oscar Isaac was laid up fully nude. And I was like, all right, what's going to happen here? You yeah. know, it doesn't seem like it's going to end up pretty well for this guy. I thought that, that scene was kind of that's what a, you were the a little excited. bit of hair raising. All right. Yeah. Enough of that. <laughs> yeah, I just get worried now, man. I was like, just don't cut his dick off. Yeah. But I don't know. That's where my yeah, mind was just... at. I just wanted to get him out of there with, at least die with your dick. But, <laughs> yeah. 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 But he did. That's, he that's, got that's Game of Thrones so. weighing on you there, too. Uh, speaking of Colin Shea and his load seeping through the door, did you did you catch when Oscar Isaac, who played Poe in Star Wars, was talking about how he wanted to be a pilot? And he's a pilot in Star Wars. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's like, oh, I wish I was a pilot. I, I, I know, I remember the scene you're talking about when he's talking about, yeah, uh, uh, you, uh, fulfill like, your destiny or whatever as the heir to the house to Chalamet, but I, I didn't make that connection to Star Wars. Like, get Colin Shea a new pair of shorts. But anyway, yeah. On that note, let's send it off. We'll we'll hope it gets enough views so we can figure out what the hell happens at the end of this and see if Colonel Kurtz lives to see another glorious victory. Yeah. So yeah. With that, buddy, I thank you for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me course buddy and thank you everybody for listening don't forget to wash your hands stay safe and we'll see you down the road bye the spice he knows about the spice i'm just saying that tom brady seems to work really hard on his diet and stuff his shit must be pretty good more than pretty good the spice manal